Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm sitting right across the table from Mr. Shane Reeves. You almost tripped up. Almost. And all, but you caught yourself. One of these days, we're going to have to do an episode where all we do is my outtakes from getting that wrong the first time I try it. Well, that'll, that'll, I think we're up to about a baker's half dozen at this point. That'll be called Cigar Cast After Dark, because there's usually a 12-letter expletive following <laughs> yeah, you goofing that up. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite moments on the show is exactly that, and so it'll never find the air. So, big week. Um, lots going on, lots to talk about. I'm excited. Christmas is just so close. I can taste it. I can't hardly wait. I think that's the cherry-flavored cigar. Oh, yeah, that may, <laughs> that may still be back there. And if you didn't hear last week, finally the great taste of NyQuil in a cigar. But anyway... Let's speak of better cigars. What are you smoking tonight, Trey? So I am smoking uh, a cigar that I've been meaning to try since it came out at the show this year, but I just kept walking by it in the humidor. So this is the La Gloria Cubana uh, Collection Reserva. I'm not going to do the Spanish pronunciation. I'm just going to call it the Reserve Collection. Um, basically, it's uh, E.P. Carrillo Jr. and... Um, general collaboration so basically the person who started la gloria cubana is coming back to it so it's hardly a collaboration it's more like a farewell tour or a uh what's like a recycling yeah a little bit so by the way i've got some i've got major recycling in my life i have to tell you about it always scares me when something hits you that (laughs) squarely when we're talking about and it brings a topic up i'm always in trouble when that happens um, but this is the Presidente I'm smoking tonight. It's a 7.5 by 54, so it's a, it's a long Churchill, basically. Um, it's a long, thick Churchill. But, uh, you know, I've always really liked the La Gloria Cubana series. I think putting it back in EPC's hands is probably going to be a good thing for it because they've gotten a little bland to me. I don't know if that's my palate or the blend, but I feel like they've gotten a little bland over the last five years or so. So I'm interested to see um, how it strikes me. Now, I know you had this on the show a few months ago, and it didn't exactly blow your socks off. Um, A good cigar, but a much milder cigar than what I'm used to smoking. I mean, really kind of laid back, um, mellow. Well, I am on the cusp of getting sick, so that could just be just what the doctor ordered in terms of hitting my palate. Typically, when I've got something like a tickle in the back of my throat or something going on, typically I tend to back off on the strength of my cigar and hit something a little lighter, so maybe this will be right in line with that. Speaking of which... Um, getting as far as getting sick, everyone remember it is the cold and flu season. Do not share cutters because that's a great way to get the disease traveling all the way around. So that just remember, do not share cutters. Now, I mean, obviously, because your hands are all over it. But are you suggesting because of the people that fillet their cigar before they cut it? I am suggesting that as well as, especially a house cutter, you don't know how many guys before you went in there and really, you know, slobbed up their cigar before they put, before they put it in the cutter. So just by and large, use your own cutter. Go ahead. It's the Christmas season. We're going to talk about good Christmas gifts here a little bit later. Be good to yourself. Buy yourself a cutter. It's a lot cheaper than a trip to the doctor. <laughs> 
That's how that's how I justified the last cutter I bought to my wife. Honey, this is so much cheaper than a trip to the doctor. Right. <laughs> I like it. So what are you smoking tonight? Okay, so I'm gonna first I'm gonna announce this cigar and then I'm gonna take up a beef I already have with it having never lit it. Okay. <laughs> I'm You're in rare form tonight. <laughs> I'm smoking the Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio Gran Reserva Robusto. And actually, this uh, the size I'm going to be smoking tonight is the four and three quarter by 60. I love this combo of size. I love the really big ring gauge in the short cigar. It's a chode. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is. It's a different size, but you get all that great tobacco flavor and that complexity that you can only get from a 60 ring gauge, but you get it in a shorter smoke. And I, I think one of the things, it, Drew Estate does that really well. And I think that's because they tend to make a milder cigar to begin with. And the, their stuff is usually around the medium. That's just what they like to make. I mean, Jonathan said it himself. He's not going out for strong. He likes the medium-bodied stuff. That's what he wants to make. That's what he wants to cultivate. So you don't lose anything from having it go. You were at 9.93 seconds there, sir. I got a lot again, by the way. Okay, but it's all about continuous ignition. This is true. This is true. Oh, you were timing me. Yes, I was. So... um, See, that way it's organic. It's, it's almost a double-blind study because you didn't know I was timing you. So, because, so since it's a milder cigar to begin with, that bigger ring gauge, you're not losing as much. You're, ta- you're expected to have that kind of flavor already, and I wonder if it just it lends itself because you're not taking off the spice from the wrapper. You're not diluting the flavor you get from, you know. Well, and there, you know, there can be so much strength in a cigar that you lose the nuance. And I like to be, that's why I like Big Ring Gauge, because you can get a lot of nuances in there, especially if you don't get a big, you know, a 6 by 60 that's black as the dead of night. Right. Well, I also think it depends on the blend. You know, the, uh, back in the early 2000, or the mid to late 2000s, I was smoking in the Omar Ortez on on the daily. It was about a five dollar cigar back then, and I think they eventually got bought by General. Um, but it was just a it was a bold, big cigar, like just dark as night, uh, six by sixty. But there wasn't a lot of nuance to it. You know, there wasn't just a whole lot of. It, it was just in your face the whole way. Yeah, it's just that way. Now, this cigar I'm smoking, this cigar just came out this year. This is a new cigar. The wrapper is Nicaraguan Corojo Oscuro. So it's a little different wrapper. Now, Hoya is the most the most strength in the Drew Estate line. Generally, when you go Hoya, you go toward the, right. the stronger tasting cigars. Um, the filler is Nicaraguan, but it's from Jalapa, Condega, and Esteli. So a lot of blend for what would strictly be called a Nicaraguan Puro. Yeah. So I'm very interested to smoke it, but here's my grumble. Okay. Fine people at Drew Estate, you know I love you. I have no idea how long this cigar has been in our humidor here. Because it's the wrapper... It's box, it's shape, it's sizes, it's positioning. Everything is exactly like 
the Hoya de Nicaragua Antaños that I've always seen. It, all right, so you're going to have to go backwards then and explain to me how that's different because I, I missed that. See this Because it looks identical. Like, I just assumed that... See this little label on the bottom that says Grand Reserva? That's it? That's it. That's the only way you know this is a Grand Reserva is if you happen... Because the box even looks alike. Well, when you when you said earlier that it's only been out for a year or two or whatever it was you said, I was like, what are you talking about? That cigar's been out forever. Right. They've had one out for 15 years. This yeah. is the one that came out this year. And I totally flew under my radar. And what? I didn't notice it. It, it looks just like, I, when you sat down with it, it looks just like a regular Hoya. Yeah. Huh. And also, really aggravates me, or it doesn't aggravate me, it just disappoints me that they couldn't announce this a little better in the humidor. Well, so I guess, have you, and you've smoked this before and you like it, right? No, this is the first oh, one of these. First one of those? Yeah, because I didn't know they were in there. Well, so I wonder if that's going to fall under our category of sleeper cigar, and not for any other reason than you just don't know it's any different. Well, and the average person putting them in the humidor just sees the wrapper and puts it right next to the other Hoya de Nicaragua Antaños. And you never know, unless you really are looking for a cigar to smoke on a podcast that afternoon, you really never know. <laughs> that is a small segment of the cigar smoking population. Yeah, that, that's a tight, that's a tight <laughs> niche they're trying to fit here. I'm just saying, let's hey, broaden, they sold one. Yeah, let's broaden our market a little here, fellas. Come on. So that was my chief grumble. Actually, to your to not to crap on your point too hard. Whoever was sitting at this table before us had one. They did. Because <laughs> that wrapper is still in the ashtray. Speaking of which, I have, to, I have to make a point about something amazing that has happened at my office. Okay. So at my office, I'm prone to be the guy that about 2 o'clock, 2.30, once, once a month or so, my pastor and I, who shares office with me, we go outside and we sit down and have a cigar and talk about the world. It's a it's appointment sitting. It's great for us. I usually have something new to pull out to show him, you know, Gave him his first Yellow Rose of Texas. We smoked the Las Calaveras 2017. We smoked the Conciliary when it come out. And he and I usually sit out there. So, for some somebody, I don't know who, put a bucket of sand in front of my office door to be the repository of all tobacco products. Cigar butts, cigar, cigar, cigarette butts, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was okay with that. No big deal. But I said, okay, if it's going to be in front of my door, it's going to be clean. So I went and bought a kitty litter litter shovel so that I could sift through the sand and get the cigarette butts and all that out and throw them out once a week. Did you get one of those little rakes so that you can draw the designs in them like Uh, they do at the theme parks? Nah, I'm not really going for, I'm not really going for inner (laughs) tranquility. (laughs) Just looking for somewhere to park my butt. But (laughs) this is the interesting thing. This has now happened three times. Every time I clean that bucket out, Nobody will use it. It's like I have to break the ashtray hymen before <laughs> anybody else will come by and put anything in there. So you need to just leave one behind. It's like when you're changing the grease at a restaurant, you leave a little bit of the old oil in the fry later so that it retains all that. You just need to leave one cigarette butt laying in the middle on top when you clean it out. Well, I'm going on now. I decided this time, this happened last time, and I let it go a week both times. This time, when we had our cigar, I said, no, don't throw it in the bucket. I'm performing an experience. It's now three weeks, and people around me smoking everywhere. Nobody will put them in. There's more cigarette butts in the parking lot than there has ever been because nobody wants to be the first to christen this ashtray. Do you think they think 
by seeing you empty it out that you're like grumbling about why do people keep putting their at, their butts in my bucket of sand, like <laughs> as if you as if it's there for some other purpose. They're like, oh, I thought that was an ashtray. Now he's out there cleaning it. See, if I'd raked it and planted a bonsai tree in it, yes, I would agree with you. But this just absolutely confounds me how this occurs. I don't know. That's just it's one of those those freaks of nature of the universe that could never be emulated anywhere else. <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put a sign or something that says, I don't worry, it's okay, you can use it. Well, the good thing is I spend less time out there of a kitty litter scoop scooping ashes yeah, this true. way, so it could be worse. Yeah. But anyway, so tell me about your weekend cigars. My weekend cigars has been fairly lackluster. I haven't really been smoking that much. Um, I did have a nice... I, I, I did have a cigar that I haven't had in a while. I had the Romacraft Cranium. The, the I think it's the Cro-Magnet Cranium. I was up in a part of town I'm not usually in and near a cigar shop that I try not to do business with um not that it's really hard just because it's I'm never there. What were you doing buying crack? <laughs> <laughs> this description couldn't get any worse at no, this point. <laughs> I, you know, I've been around the industry and the, and the area for a number of years and I've I've developed a lot of great relationships with a lot of the cigar shop owners here in town. Um, but then there are a few exceptions to that rule and I tend to try not to spend money with those people that fall into that latter category. And but just so happens the neighborhood I was in that only had one option and so I had to go and they so I walk in looking for a Padron 4000 don't have it look for a either a Tennessee Waltz or a Yellow Rose don't have it looked for something else I don't remember what at the moment but they didn't have it so I ended up picking up the Roma Craft um, which was nice because I forget how economical that stick is I mean it's a it's a full-size Toro. The cranium is pro- actually it's even bigger. I think it's like a six by fifty-four, six by fifty-six, something like that. It's a big cigar for eight and a half, nine bucks, uh, and it's so good. And Roma Craft is really the master of the inexpensive boutique cigar. Mm-hmm. And we could do a whole um, show, and one day we will, on boutique cigars. Yeah. And Roma Craft, though, quality for the money. Dollar for quality, it's just hard to beat them. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of their stuff, and I have been for ages. Uh, I give a lot of credit to, to Patrick that used to run the shop here. When he brought them in, I mean, that was my first experience to him. And I, re- I remember the day I walked into the humidor and I walked out with one of them. He went, ah, shh. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew I was onto his stash. Because it, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a best-kept secret. Uh, it's not in a lot of shops, and when it is, a lot of people don't know about it. So, you, um, but they've started moving in this shop quite a bit. But I, I was I was happy to be able to um, to go back to something I I not smoked in a while and just kind of remember how much I enjoyed it. You know, it's interesting that as you watch the humidor, what goes on the upswing around here. You can't keep a box of Charter Oaks in that humidor to save your life. Right. Everybody that comes through wants a box, and it's not something that's aggressively promoted. It's not like there's a try Charter Oak poster. It's right. strictly word of mouth. Then the Roma Craft flies out of here. They usually a couple of empty boxes, and the Lugione stuff is really yeah. hot. Yeah. And it's amazing because there's all the, the name brands that spend tens of thousands of dollars in aficionado, 
the Perdomos, the Padrones, and all that. But it's really cool to see these boutique brands kind of surging at this time of year. Yeah, and I think that's that's key this time of year because if I'm buying a gift for somebody, if I'm buying whether it's birthday or Christmas or something else, if I'm buying a cigar for somebody, I'm not going to go buy them a Cohiba or even a Padron usually. Uh, I'm going to pick them something that's a little off the beaten path, and I'm going to go for those boutique cigars that I can't find anywhere else. And and that's that's a gift cigar for me. Like Opus is nice, Liga is nice, Padron Anniversary Series is nice. Those are really really high dollar, nice, impressive cigars. But just the style of gift giver I am, I'd rather give someone a Tennessee Waltz if they're from out of state or something that. You know that we carry here that they're not going to be able to find in their local humidor. That's kind of more. So it's it's fun for me too to see those those smaller brands really pick up. It is now. We can't speak of the boutique brands without talking about the FDA's attempts to destroy them. So the FDA has their court date is December the fourteenth. That's when the lawsuit is scheduled to begin. So the lawsuit will begin very two days shortly. ago. Yeah, two days ago. The lawsuit will begin. And FDA, I, I love their terminology here. They say their refutal of all of the cigar industry's well-thought-out arguments is pipe tobacco and cigars are still a health risk to the general public. That's their whole platform of this thing. There's nothing more intelligent than that coming out of their mouth. Yeah. And that their right to tax cigar industry into death is protected under the Family Tobacco Act. The, I, the, the preposterousness and uh, of having to protect... I mean, I'm so incensed I'm not forming words. The idea that you have to protect us from ourselves is something that every sci-fi movie has been built based on for generations. This idea that humans are too stupid to be able to manage their own lives. That's why we need government. And I, I just, there's very little that gets my ire up more than someone telling me what's best for me. Well, it's the basis of politics. The problem with politics is once you get into politics you get assimilated into a us-and-them mentality. There's the leaders and there's the commoners. And they have that mentality, and that's exactly what the FDA statement reflects, is that mentality that, oh, they're not smart enough to take care of themselves. Right, right. We We will protect you from yourself. Yeah, I have, I mean, I don't know why, I don't know why they think that's gonna be of any use to us, but... Yeah. It starts on the 14th, and this airs on the 16th, but I will bet you money it didn't start on the 14th. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I bet it gets another injunction until after the first of the year. Yeah. I really thought we would we had gotten to a point where they were going to back off on that aspect. At least admit that it's just about kids. Or at least that, that it's about a money... They're never going to admit it's just a money grab, but that's... Clearly, it's like, oh, you've given us all of this evidence that our position is wrong, but we're not going to back down. Yeah, it's we, this is this is going to hurt you. We have to protect you from yourself, right? For some insane reason, I have no idea where they're going with this, but maybe we'll get a judge that will actually make a ruling and say, 
okay, the FDA is right, the FDA is wrong. I'm just ready for somebody to make a ruling on this. I don't get it. Yeah, get. I, I'm tired of the will they or won't they, you know, kind of thing. So something we began talking about before the show started, and we said, wait, let's, let's save that for the show. Why do people take it personally? Well, we can question why people take it personally when I don't like their Netflix recommendation. Or I can tell you about the greatest recycling in the history of man. One of those we'll have to save till after the break. So, well, let's talk about recycling first, because that really piqued my interest. I got a call from my sister this weekend. We were all down at the river, and we were sorting out my grandfather's knives. My sister is remarrying the man she divorced 18 years ago. That, now, that's a heck of a recycle. So, my, and of course, you know me, always practical. Mm-hmm. My question was, okay, y'all were married nine years before. When you get remarried, is it your 10th anniversary or your first? Oh, that's, what did she say? She said she didn't know. She would have to check the records. Now, my wife maintains it would be their first anniversary. And you and I both say it would be their 10th. I do, because it, doesn't, <laughs> it says years together. It doesn't say consecutive. Right. It just says years together. So I think the, the details and the terminology would say this would be their... Credit for time served. <laughs> <laughs> their 10th anniversary. But congratulations to my sister. He's a great guy. I've kept track touch with him all 18 years. Liked him much better than the other joker she married. So... <laughs> <laughs> but that is tell the, us how you really feel. <laughs> that is the ultimate recycling it in is. this industry. I'm just amazed that that she pulled that one off. No, I definitely think you get. I think it it means a little bit more to go back and to to as if you're picking up where you left off. Like I understand and figured. Yeah, I can kind of understand the first anniversary kind of thing. The you know because it's new again, it's fresh and all that stuff, but. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's ten. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad we cleared that up. Well, we're I gonna figured s- you and I would have a similar opinion on that. <laughs> we're going to solve the other mysteries of the universe when we come back, and uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll see you back here on the Cigar Cast. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting across from the keytar of the cigar industry, Trey Dedman. <laughs> I want to. I want to know how that applies. I, I, I need to know the logic there. Okay, so the keytar, for those of you that didn't grow up in the '80s, was the keyboard that they turned into the shape of the guitar. And every let's go to the mall '1980s pop star had one. Which is funny you bring that up because I. Obviously, I had no idea you were going there. I want to own one before I before my life is over. I knew you would. I knew your love of accordions and banjos and other things that make noise that should never be called music. Life is too short to play traditional instruments. You've got to play the spoons once in a while. Go with what works. A great, a well-strung guitar is hard to beat. <laughs> I would just like to say, but I, when, it, when I seen a guitar, I said. Trey either owns one of those or is looking for one. 
<laughs> I have I have looked them up before. That is true. <laughs> okay, well, but that shows how well I know you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that I could accuse you of being the keytar of the cigar industry. So, also this week, Monte Cristo is really making a huge move on the market. Have you noticed this? That Alta Deist has really been going hard to to try to get our cigar dollar. And all they announced the uh, Music City cigar last week, and then this week they're talking about the Grupo de Maestros private batch. And all now, have you ever been in the humidor and seen the big cedar box of a hundred cigars that are all numbered that are Monte Cristos? I don't think I have. This is a. It's only certain shops get it, and now they're doing a second release of that. Um, and these are going to be the boxes. They're torpedo shaped. And their private selection, and each cigar is numbered that comes out of that box. So once you smoke number 1,283, no one else will ever smoke 1,283. So is that a gimmick? Does that do anything for you? Would that encourage you towards spending 17 bucks for a cigar? How would that work? But the thing is, even if if you don't know it's cigar number 4,274, of any other cigar, it still is. I right. mean, you know, every cigar, if you only smoke it one, like if you smoke it, you're the only one that ever gets two. No two cigars are alike anyway. This or is they're true. alike, but not identical. This is true. It's still a handmade product. Well, so 250 boxes of 100 cigars will be produced in the private batch, 6x54s, and the MSRP is $15 a cigar. That's high. Uh, that is a little high, but it's interesting to me how Monte Cristo, how Altadis is using the Monte Cristo label to make such a move on the cigar business. Well, it's probably got the best name recognition of any of the cigars in their line. I mean, well, Romeo's up there, but still, I just Monte Cristo is one of those names that has a pedigree. Uh, and I guess if you can find someone who's willing to shell out the money for for a Monte, then it makes sense to make a play in that arena. Uh, that being said, what else is there to this cigar that makes it so special that, I mean, Monty, $15 is not that special, but still. Uh, I, I'm just curious if there's anything more to it just than the serial number. So supposedly, this is the gimmick. I love the gimmick. Grupa de, Ma- de, Ma- Grupa de Maestros is the master's group. Right. And supposedly, this is the cigar that all of the master blenders rolled to smoke in their free time. And they're now releasing it to the public. If that's true, I'll eat my hat. (laughs) (laughs) There is just no way. Well, okay. (laughs) So, let's let's break that down for just a minute. You know, we're never getting sponsored by Monte Cristo, by the way. Altadist (laughs) is putting us on their blacklist as this podcast (laughs) is released. But let's break that down. If you had seven master cigar rollers and they all had the same palette that this was the cigar they chose, do you not have six too many? Right. <laughs> That's exactly my thought. I mean, like, no two, like, the, no two palettes are, are going to be the same. At least not enough that, I mean, get seven people of, of just anything together and they're never going to agree on the best coffee or the best soda or the best 
you know, French fries, whatever it is, like no seven people are ever going to be able to agree and collaborate on something like that. Well, if you look, I mean, how do the cops know when two or more people are telling the truth, when their stories don't match up? Mm-hmm. When their stories match up, when their perceptions were the same thing, that means they coached in practice. Right. If their stories don't match up, that's a good chance that the police are getting the truth somewhere in there. That yeah. the truth is somewhere a combination amongst all those right. stories. There's your version, my version, and the truth. But I do love, I love the gimmick. I'm, yeah. I live for the gimmick. I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. I right. love the gimmick. I love that they're trying to pull this one over on us in general and doing it with a straight face. <laughs> now, that's not to say that they didn't pull seven of their master blenders into a room and said, you all have to agree like, this is what we're trying to accomplish. You guys, together, everyone has to have input. Everyone has to like it. You know, but the idea that they're all rolling this for themselves and they're all, like, like it's some sort of secret fraternity where this is just for us. Like, I, I just don't buy it. Right. And some intern smuggled the recipe out under his coat Yeah, is now releasing it to the world. Right. Yeah. So, I will say about the Antonio Grand Reserve great cigar they ought to market it <laughs> i mean they really ought to put a little time into marketing it so we were talking at the break and we had to come back because you at one time worked at the opryland hotel mm-hmm. and you said they actually had a stamp for their ashtrays yeah so this is one of those things that i remember this was back when you could smoke in hotels and i it wasn't just that hotel but that's the one i remember so vividly as a kid, you could still smoke in the hotel, so they had you know little sand top ashtrays all throughout the hotel, and they had the Opryland logo, which was kind of a guitar type thing. Maybe it was a banjo, I don't know, but there was some type of musical instrument that was their the Opryland logo, and it was actually stamped into the sand every time they would refresh the ashtrays. They would have this this beautiful little stamp, and I Marriott used to do it. I've seen it a number, but that's the one I remember the most. That's interesting. Ashtray stamper is actually a career. Yeah, well, I, I think it was a. I think that was more of a skill set than a career. But oh well, yeah, very, very easily could be. So, I so that's why I think we need to get you like a, a a fancy stamp for your bucket of sand out front of your for office. my bucket of sand at the office. Yeah, and I'll some something place your butts here or something like that. Uh-huh. But I asked you to tell that story so I could tell this one. So I read signs. And I don't mean, I, you know, okay, you plan under the third full moon of the month and your taters will all have toes. I don't, I don't read those signs. I read, I read signs on the side of the road. I read signs at hotels. All these little historical markers. Oh, yeah, I love have reading you ever, those. Yeah, have you ever stopped to just read those? That's just amazing to me. I've actually detoured a road trip to, to look at one once just because... You know, you're driving to 12 hours to Texas. At a certain point, you got to stand up and stretch your legs a little bit. You might as well look at what this says. So. Might as well just read one of these signs. Yeah. So I was at the Opryland Hotel, and they have the Delta. If you visit Nashville, stay at the Opryland Hotel. Pay the bucks. It's worth it. It is. They have the Delta, which is this large river that runs through Opryland Hotel, and you can actually take flat-bottom boat rides on it, and there's plant life from all over the world there and fish and everything else. It's just a great, great feature. And I read when they were putting that Delta together, they sent Jack Daniels bottles all over the world and asked people to collect local water. 
So I'm reading down the list. Okay, water from the Ganges River, water from Ohio River, from Tennessee River, from Mississippi River, holy water from the Vatican. Mm-hmm. So somewhere, some priest had to bless a bottle full of Jack, uh, Jack Daniels <laughs> bottle full of water. I think he probably blessed the water before it was placed in the Jack Daniels bottle. Okay, but does that take off? I mean, it would seem to yeah. me you'd have to bless the bottle at the same time, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I have, I'm a does little... Does the vessel determine the, the blessing? I, well, now, I have seen Catholics that take water in a to-go cup. <laughs> and uh, you can get a to-go cup of holy water. And all, but I'm Is just, that like a styrofoam with like a straw and a lid? <laughs> no straw. Okay. <laughs> just, a, just a styrofoam with a lid. Uh. But I'm just wondering somewhere, somehow, there was some priest. And I'm wondering if he knew it was a Jack Daniels bottle when he was blessing it. There's no telling. That and is I, funny. And I just wonder if you had a Jack Daniels bottle full of holy water, would you not have to try a little shot before you dumped it in the river oh, with I all think the others? Have to. I think you just have to, just to see how that works. <laughs> but these are the thoughts you have when you go through life reading signs. Well, it's, it's actually funny you mentioned that when they, when they opened the Delta back in, I want to say, 94. Uh, I used to know that. Um, I think it was somewhere around then. Uh, they actually had a big ceremony where they called the blending of the waters, where they actually took all of that water from around the world and poured it in. Um, and it, they called it the blending of the waters. It was a big ceremony. It's pretty cool. Okay, hey, this is this is terrible pod. That guy that just walked out of the shop has got one of those cigar bar backpacks. And I'll, it's, if you're looking for a super high-end gift, if you've got somebody in your life that saved your child from a burning building, this is a great gift. It's full leather. It's beautiful. It has a place for a bottle of whiskey. It has a four um, cigar carrier in it. It folds open. It has a place for your lighter, for your cutter. That's the first one I've ever seen in the wild. It's really, really nice looking bag, too. Like yeah, it's it's, that, that dark leather, that dark rustic leather. Yeah, it's oh wait, he's walking by the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's something like Buffalo Jackson would make. Yeah. It's those amazing leather goods and all. But if you've got somebody in your life that that's what they um that you know like I said saved a kid from a burning building. What do they do? You know what they retail just in four, Ooh. right about four. That's... And I'll look on Aficionado's website and you can actually track down the exact manufacturer. But that's really cool. That's the first one of those I've seen in the wild. Yeah, you know, I have found one of the things I really like for that type of thing are um, DSLR uh, camera bags. You can find some really nice canvas and leather camera bags on Amazon and things like that. And because they're meant to protect electronics, you can get them with all these padded cases and and different pockets and things like that. It's great for holding lighters and pipe stuff. And so if if you don't want to shell out the 400 bucks for something that's expressly made for that purpose, but you want something that's kind of that you can take to the shop. Like, I haven't seen your kit around nearly as much lately. Well, since I bought the Swiss Army lighter, I've kind of been yeah. a little... I've not had my kit in my hand as much. Yeah, but I mean, you you historically all don't go anywhere without that, you know, wax canvas. It's, it's a bike tool kit, but, right. it, but it's where you put all your stuff. Like, if, if you're the kind of guy that likes to have all your tools in one place... Uh, you know, maybe put some some place for your iPad or something like that. If you're the kind of guy that hangs out, maybe does a little work at the cigar shop, it, it really can't beat a camera bag for that. You know, that's a great tip. And that brings us to a topic we wanted to discuss anyway. So this is going to drop on about the 16th of December. 
And so you're now 10 days, 11 days until, or nine days until Christmas. Yeah. So give me your number one gift. Let's, let's set the scenario here. You've been trying to figure out what to get your boss for Christmas. You don't want to spend a fortune. You don't want him to think you're paying. he's paying you too much. Right. You don't want to spend too little because you don't want him to think that you're, you're cheap. And you find out he's a cigar guy. What gift do you go get him? So this is, this is my, I'm tempted to say a desktop humidor. But that definitely depends on the type of place you work. Because if you work in a big high-rise where there's no way he can ever, like, step outside and smoke, or if it's a big company, then that doesn't really do anything for him. Because the idea is you'd want him to be able to put it on his desk in his office, or her office. Um, So that would be, if it's a smaller company, um, you know, maybe 10 or 12 employees of a small office like that, I think that's that's really good. Um, Actually, it... I don't. I haven't ever seen them outside of Nashville. I know there's a guy here that makes them. I'm sure that you can find them online and stuff as well. Uh, great gift that I've seen that I really want one, but I don't want to drop the 50 bucks for it. Is there's a guy that makes pens, ink pens, out of cedar, but he turns them and he actually uses real bands off of actual cigars, and he veneers them onto the outside of the wood. He you know carves them to look like you know tobacco leaves it they're very they he even does a little faux ash on the end like they're just they're beautiful but they're they're you know fountain pen or a ballpoint pen he does both i, I think that's a great way to go well so to me one let's speak for a second as to why you don't get him cigars i know your palate very well but I guarantee you, if I walked into the humidor and said, okay, I'm buying Trey five cigars for Christmas, one of them would probably not be your favorite. Right. And I know your palate, from doing podcasts with you for over a year, I know your palate better than, any, than I know my own. Right. But I guarantee you, the palate is such a tricky thing, it's hard to buy cigars for a cigar lover. It is, and it's also, you've got that whole the whole thing of let's say I've got five cigars sitting in front of me I know I'm going to smoke that one right now and then I'm going to have those I'm going to have those two that kind of sit till the end and then I'm going to go back to my humidor in a couple of days and those two are going to be sitting there and they're going to be good cigars and they're going to be in my wheelhouse but I'm not going to feel like smoking them right now right and then they're just going to sit there and sit there for a while and I've got a couple of cigars in my humidor now at the house that they're good cigars and I like them but I just I'm never in the mood to smoke them so I submit to our listeners the travel humidor the six or eight count hard plastic Zycar or um, cigar caddy makes one you can order them on Amazon for 20 30 bucks yeah get them very quickly I don't know any cigar guy that doesn't wish he had an extra one of those that's true I think that depends kind of on the person, too, as whether or not it's someone who's, like, not just traveling in terms of long distance, but if it's someone who's going to be, you know, most, a a lot of cigar smokers don't tend to carry cigars with them. You know, when, when I think of my boss smoking cigars, I don't think of someone who smokes cigars the way I do, you know, which is in my car, on my patio, at the shop, on a daily basis, when I, you know, maybe they are, but if it's someone that I'm just finding out is into cigars, I'm not anticipating them being that kind of person who always has a cigar within an arm's reach. 
So it, for me, that that's that's more. I consider that to be a little bit more of a hardcore aficionado, cigar smoker, someone entrenched in the the hobby a little more. Well, the good thing about that is that's a multi-purpose gift. That sealed container can be used to hold anything that you want to keep moisture out of. Yeah, it's true because my my travel humidor is actually a pistol case. Right. Yeah, so you can use that sealed container to hold so many different things. So I'll submit that that's one. The other thing, if you happen to know he's a golf guy, the Cigar Minder Clip, yeah. And then you also, now that's kind of, that's, you know, nine or ten bucks on its own. And it's plastic. There's something it's, about a plastic gift to me. It is, why does, that's what we need to do. Why does nobody make those out of wood? Because they would break. Oh, that's okay. That's Think built of how in, much abuse those things get. That's built in marketability. I think <laughs> we can make them out of oak, something like that. And yeah. It would still be, but... But if you get him that, if you get him the plastic cigar minder kit, go ahead and order the divot tool that has the cigar rest on top. Yeah. I like the cigar rest on top of the divot tool, so when I'm putting, I can throw my divot tool down there after I, you know, after I fix my divot from that 250-yard chip that landed within six inches of the cup. When I'm getting ready to tap it in <laughs> and walk off victoriously, I like to have a place to rest my cigar. Where are you playing golf in this dream scenario, I wonder? <laughs> but the, that's the, the combo kit that if he is a golfer, he is a cigar guy, that's something because it's something you're always losing. It's always something you wish you had an extra one of. Super useful. That's my top recommendation. And, of course, you can never go wrong with a cutter and a lighter as well. Uh, depending on how much you want to spend, you can go. I mean, you wouldn't, again, you wouldn't want to go plastic. I, I, when it comes to cigar accessories, I'm going to buy plastic for myself. I, I wouldn't ever buy, this is just me personally, I'm not going to buy you a gift, either a cutter or a lighter, that's made out of plastic. Unless it just happens to be something very, very unique and something really maybe special. For the most part, I'm going to go a little bit nicer, go full metal. Well, and probably the gift of the year to try to snag for somebody is the Calibri SV cut that has the straight cut on one side, the deep V on the other. I think that's an outstanding, um, that'll be an outstanding gift to get any cigar smoker. I still haven't gotten my hands on one of those. I think I need to raid the cabinet over here and just use one of the ones Austin has here in the shop. Well, I've, I've dropped several subtle hints to those that love me that that would be a great Christmas gift for me. And the great thing about something like that is that even if you get two, it, okay. Like, it's not something that you're hurting if you get a duplicate on that. I have two of most of the accessories I have because I generally keep one here in my locker and then one in the truck. Mm-hmm. And all, and some, you know, and I've got a selection of accessories at home too. So I kind of the three places I smoke tend to have. Yeah, everything you need. Right. And in the case of that lighter, your wife has one. Yeah, my wife. After I bought mine, my wife wanted one, so she got her one. And we both really enjoy them. That I tell you, it's a little on the expensive side. You're going to spend in excess of a hundred. But that Lotus Colossus that has the cutter, that has the double, the two punches, has two sizes of punch on it. Great, great lighter. Yeah. I have been nothing but pleased with that lighter. And I've got to say the again, you're you're looking at some at a bit of a price tag, but Calibri makes a lighter called the Astoria, which is a triple jet lighter with a uh, double guillotine, all metal double guillotine built into the back of it. And unlike the Dawn, 
that they made years ago where it kind of it was plastic and it folded out sideways this one actually folds back uh, and it goes completely clear of the lighter and it actually does it has one fixed blade and a second movable blade it's very easy to use it's 150 bucks so it's not cheap but it's it's got a nice little weight to it i like my accessories to have a little more weight to them i know a lot of people don't but it's a it's a great lighter for the money just because it's that all-in-one package deal well and i've since i've started carrying this one that's really been handy knowing that i can either punch or cut any cigar that i come across so that's been great so as we come kind of toward the end of the show we still got a few minutes left i do need to hit the cigar under eight dollars all right so you know me i constantly have to be pushing the envelope the cigar under eight dollars this week has not been released yet (laughs) (laughs) so southern draw is going to release new size called the quick draw and they're going to release this in three flavors they're going to release this in the habano in the maduro and the connecticut and these are going to be five by 46 so they're going to be a good the way southern draws burn the ones that i have smoked this is a 45 minute smoke because they they're not the Cuban style of roll that's really slow. But I love everything I've ever smoked Southern Draw. If you get your hands on a Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder, you will never regret it. All right. And the downside has been the Southern Draw has been on the high end of that price spectrum. They've been in that $11 to $14 right. range. Southern Draw is a veteran-owned company out of Texas. Everything is done by veteran-owned companies from the labels that are printed to the boxes that are made. Their cigars are wonderful, and I'm very excited to see these start showing up. But this is what I love. Pricing for each, MSRP, $141.99 per box of 25. Oh, that's cheap. That's $5.68 a cigar. Wow. That's a- and that's not to include the likely 10% discount you're going to get for the shop if you buy it as a box. Yeah, and if you, you play your cards right, 10 or 20%. Right. Um, great company. Price and participation may vary. Yes. But great company, great calls, just a great group of fellows. And I normally would never feature a cigar I haven't smoked on the Cigar Under 8, but I am this confident in Southern Draw that as soon as you see these in your shop, pick you up three or four. I have a feeling as well that those will be similar to the Charter Oak when they start hitting the shelves, that it'll be hard to keep them in stock. Southern Draw tends to sell fairly well to the people. It's one of those once you know, you know. I've seen so many people walk by their cigars you know, in any given humidor just because they're not as familiar with them because at the time, they were a regional brand in Texas when I was repping out there. And so, so many people didn't know about them just because they were relatively local and small that they would walk right on by them. But they're a great cigar. They are. The kudzu has long been one of my favorites. I've always enjoyed the kudzu. And then the Jacob's Ladder I had recently, I've really loved it. And I'm sure I'm going to enjoy these quick draws. Yeah. I mean, I see a box of them. I'll probably buy. And see, this is what we were talking about with La Aurora and the Perfecto series. They made this, the three side, or the three different flavors, but they made them. Actually, they made five different flavors. But they made them too expensive. Yeah. I mean, for this is that same size cigar at the price that cigar should have been. Right. 
So really excited to see how that goes and all that. So how's your how is your EP Carillo finishing? You know, it's a lot like what you said. It's a little lighter than what I typically smoke, but I'm really enjoying it. It's got that EP Carillo pepper or not pepper. It's spice. It's got a uh, it's got a nice little bit of spice to it. It's uh, very very oaky, very woody. Um, flavors coming through very just kind of natural earthy which is hitting my palate right tonight it's and like I said it was a big cigar so this is probably the most cigar I've ever had left over at the end of a net recording an episode for us and but I'm enjoying it. it's burning slow it's giving me everything I want out of it and that's that's all you can ask for out yeah. of your cigar like I said these grind reserves great I've always loved the Hoya line always been one of my favorite lines that Drew Estate's been invested in um, this one is, it's in, it's in Tanyo, so it is a medium full, yeah. but it's not as full as the Antonio Dark, which is another one of those that they have that, I mean, it's another sleeper cigar people yeah. walk by every day. But been a great cigar, been a good show. What else you got tonight? You, I, you love putting me on the spot like this. You just look, watching the color drain from my face when I've got to fill content and I don't have anything prepared. <laughs> well, that, that's where you just spiral into. And if you would like to reach us at The Cigar Cast, <laughs> you may reach us on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast, on Twitter or Instagram at The Cigar Cast, or email us at info at The Cigar He is a professional. Look it up in the book. <laughs> But everyone have a good week. Have a good Christmas. We'll have one more episode before it becomes that most wonderful time of year. And look forward to hearing from you then. Oh, and also, uh, we do have our end-of-the-year award show, the Stogie Awards. I think we're still calling them, at least at this point, until we come up with a better name. Uh, is going to be two weeks from now. Uh, so there's still time to get us your suggestions for uh, categories or maybe who you think should win. Uh, a given category. So drop us a line with all of those suggestions. We look forward to using them. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.